things that normally I take for, I would think you know. Because there's people coming in, they don't know. So I may take a little more time. But Wednesday, and I won't tonight, I want to stay on a theme for mature people. In other words, I've got, I'm, I, I, will, I refuse to have a nursery. I'm not have, I won't have a nursery. If you're going to be discipled, you need some place where you can go and, and get off of vegetables and get a good solid steak. And, and you know, we're, um, I'm going to take some of these men to the Matthews that cook for Band of Brothers. Because, man, I love a good steak. I'm taking six of them. It's the new place to go. So, um, is that all right with y'all? Do you, does that bear with you? Because I'm watching guys on TV that are reaching people, but I think they're I, I think that they're milk all the time, and I'm like, nah. People have been watching you for ten years, and they ain't never grown. So I so that's some, I talked with Lisa and Mary Fran about it, and they all got in agreement with me. But I want you to know that. So so if you don't want who you know you know uh, live right, obedience to God. Stay home on Wednesday. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you have to, uh, let's use an example here. Let's say you're 15. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at you and say, get a job. But I can't look at a five-year-old and say, get a job. They're going to cry. <laughs> they don't need to get a job. So there's, there's subjects. I've got to start watching what I'm saying. Because Sunday morning, you have a greater crowd of imp- younger Christians than you do Wednesday. Most, by the time somebody comes Wednesday night, they're like, I, I'm ready to go, you know. Yeah. You're, you're, the, you're the Navy SEALs of Christianity. So the second thing I want to ask you about is there's a lot going on in America. You know this. I know a lot about the end days. I know a lot about what's going on in the uh, New World Order. I know all about Italy. I know all about... Uh, the economy of America, and I know all about the, the, the you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in the I'm know. I know. Mm-hmm. But I hesitate to preach it. Because I'm thinking you t- y'all are like, oh, we don't, we don't want to hear any more of this. But I think people need to know why we are dealing with what we're dealing with in, in the U.S. Right. Yeah. Do y'all understand that that the new world order is pushing real hard to get rid of borders. To get, you know, in other words, this is not my sermon, but I'm just going to give you a brief and then we're going to jump into my sermon. In order to pull off what they're pulling off, their, their mantra is the, the reason we have wars is, is government, money, and religion. If we had one world government, one world currency, one world religion, then we'd have no wars. That's their take on things. And that's what they push. And that's why you're dealing with what you're dealing with. People think this is a Democrat, Republican. That's not true. Because you just got through watching a whole lot of Republicans who are, who China's handing them a whole lot of money and they have no idea we're in a war with China right now, but it's not physical. And, you know, and I'm going to say this, these guys just got back from Karis. I thank God that people like Andrew Womack and Kenneth Copeland have finally stepped up to the plate. Well, Rodney Howard Brown's been doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, Stepped up to the plate and started dealing with what's going on in America. 
And, and so, so I, you know, I'm not going to do a lot of that on Sunday morning because I don't think the crowd's ready to hear all that. Maybe they are. Maybe I'm wrong. But, I, but there are some things on Wednesday night I may dive into and let you guys know how to act, live, walk, and talk. Amen? Amen. So you are aware that what happened in Washington the other day was totally Antifa. Had anything to do with patriots. And they were there before the Trump supporters got there. It was all staged, it was all planned, it was all photographed. It's a lie from hell. Thank y'all. And there's so many people walking around, oh, no, no, this is terrible. Man, it's terrible, all right. So, prayers in order. So, a lot of people have turned this into racism. It has nothing to do with race. You know, I don't think, I, I'm not racist. I've been pastoring this church. I really don't know any people in this church that are racist. There aren't. I mean, these people love each other no matter what, and you just don't see it. So to hear it is strange to my ears. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't see it. Maybe if I lived in Georgia, I'd see it, and in the country, I'd see it, but I don't see it here. Amen? So having said that, we're going to get in a word on a different subject tonight called, What Are You Looking At? Uh, this is going to be a little bit on the milk side, but with a little bit of meat. Is that all right with y'all? Now, one more thing is... I'm, I'm going to be asking people like Justin and, and uh, Megan and different ones of you that are young because we need to reach out to that generation too. It seems like all of my guest speakers are old. They are. Mark Hankins is, is 67 and Mary Fran's 77 and Shekinah Glory is 88. No, they're not really. I don't know how old she is. So Justin and I are talking about getting some, some ministers in here a little bit not my age. Thank y'all. Now, I'm not, I'm not wearing skinny jeans. I already told them. Hell will freeze over, but I'm not wearing skinny jeans. There's a lot. I got to draw a line somewhere. If you see smoke... It's God. I ain't putting the fire on the stage. But anyway, having said that, I, wanna, I think it's time to reach out to a generation of young people that really need the gospel, and it's time for us to start uh, thinking a lot more about this younger generation like, like, like Megan and um, the rest of you guys, the rest of you young people. So if I pull you off and have a talk with you, that's when I want to. I want some input from you whippersnappers, you, know, you young guys. I want some input from you. Amen? Because I've been doing this 30-something years the way Kenneth Hagin taught me. But you know, we're, you can, in, in style, flow with the current. In principle, stand like a rock. Amen. Thomas Jefferson. So in principle, I'm standing like a rock. Now, I can make some adjustments. So, having said that. Look at this. Okay. Okay. All right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I wore jeans in high school, and I was the only person in high school that wore jeans when I went to school. I set the trend. When I went to school, everybody wore um, slacks and button-down shirts and alligator shirts. and I mean, everybody. Everybody, I mean, all the rock bands wore suits and ties. Do you all remember that? The Beatles. you remember the Beatles? Rock suits and ties. I'm the only guy who walked in there with tennis shoes and blue jeans T-shirt. Now I've set a trend and I'm not getting paid a dime for it. <laughs> Get your Bible and go to 2 Corinthians 4. Let's get in the Word. 
I do want to talk right now about the time we're living in and how to handle it. Amen. Amen. And I want to talk about what you're looking at. Let's start with verse 7, 4, 7. And, I, and it would be good if you just begin to read this chapter or this part of the chapter and really get familiar with it in your Bible. It says, we, are, we have this treasure of the new birth in an earthen vessel so that the excellence of the power may be of God and not us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Yes, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, not destroyed, always carrying about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life is in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing he who raised Jesus from the dead will raise us up and present us with you. All things are for your sakes that grace having through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. The inward man is being renewed day by day. Our light affliction, talking about on the earth right now which is but a moment, it's not, it's, not that, it's not a long time, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. While we do not look at things that are seen, but at things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, and the things that are not seen are eternal. Amen. The spirit realm is more real than the realm we live in. When, it, when you die and you step over out of your body and you look around, you'll see people. And we'll talk about some of this Sunday morning. If you're born again, your spirit is, has light in it. Satan can see it. Based on your walk with God and how much you build yourself up, that light's either dim or bright. You can do something about that. We'll talk about that Sunday morning. My Sunday morning sermon is called, I Am Your Cup of Coffee. <laughs> I got that from Mary France. She said that and I jumped all over it. I said, I'm, I told her today, I said, I'm going to build, I'm going to make a t-shirt and if I sell a million of them, I'll split it with you. <laughs> but you know, people can't function without a coffee in their morning and, and, and you can't function without Jesus. Amen. And so he is your cup of coffee, but I'm your cup of coffee. You, you need a lift, I'll, I'll lift you. Get around me, I'll get you up. Amen. Amen. So I'm Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. Amen. So, so the spirit world is more real than the world we live in. But he said something here that's, that's we've got to pay attention right now. You've got to start learning to look at things you can't see. And ignore things or not give so much precedent to what you are seeing. And yes, I am talking about Washington. I am talking about the world we're living in. I am talking about the stuff you and I deal with every day. Now, how many of you, don't raise your hands, have ever been depressed? Some of you, I ain't never been. Yeah, well, how many of you ever had a bad day? How many of you have ever had a pity party? 
whether you want to hear what I'm going to say or not, you need to. I'm not denying that you didn't have a bad day and circumstances were not bad. I'm not telling you that's not true. I'm telling you it's not why you were depressed. Are you listening? You're depressed because you're watching it and you're thinking about it. It's what you're looking at that's taking you down or up. And, and, and I ask you that question because don't be hypocritical. All of us in this room have dealt with our thought life and we've had days it overwhelmed us. I have had days when it overwhelmed me. That's why I have learned to just back away and go spend time with God because there are things I look at and after a while I'm just like, I, I got to go get with God. I mean, I'm, I'm wore out. And, and, and so we live in a world that's fallen, and there is stuff happens. That, that was a bumper sticker. I, think, I don't think it made money. I think it, I think it did, you know. <laughs> Let me read it again. While we do not look, now think about what he just said. We're not looking at things you can't see. How do, or things that are seen. How do you, but we look at things that are not seen. How do you look at Something you can't see. It's not, he's not really talking about your natural physical eyes. He's talking about your spiritual eyes because all of us have a tendency to pay attention to stuff that maybe hadn't even happened yet. Well, you know, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. Well, you're, you're thinking about stuff. So actually, we need to start learning to control what we're allowing ourselves to think about and meditate on and learn that even though there's stuff not good, have you ever learned to look at what is good? Now, this is going to take a lot of discipline on your part, and that's why we're getting into this tonight. But, but this is one of the big secrets to life. We see Paul and Silas in jail and they're singing. They they're definitely haven't looked at each other's backs. They haven't looked at the chains. They haven't looked at where they, they're apparently looking at something because they have not lost their joy. They got joy so something else is going on in them that isn't happening around them. All right. Uh, I, I, was, I was reading uh, Mark Hankins' book on, on the people in the concentration camp, and one of them, and I think his name, I, boy, I can't wish I had thought of his name before I came tonight. Uh, he said, one of the last liberties uh, you'll ever have is the, is, or, or the thing that you don't let someone steal is your joy. And we're talking about people in a concentration camp. He said, you will not take my attitude, and you will not get me depressed. You can't have my joy. And they got him in, in a prison camp. And he says, listen, I'm, I, you can't have my attitude. I'm not giving it to you. Wow. Now, I, I've had times when it didn't take a whole lot to get me a set off. But, you, but you've got to learn not, see, there's a scripture that says, I've learned in whatever state I'm in, not, not, not talking about Tennessee, <laughs> versus Florida. <laughs> and I have thought about moving before, but anyway, 
I, I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. The literal Greek word there is to be independent of the circumstance. You're, you're not allowing the circumstance to control you. We're not saying it in there. So I want you to go to Matthew 14. And, and I know that you've heard this, this sermon before. I mean, you've read it before. You know it. But knowing, you know, somebody, I think it was in Bible school last night. I, um, um, I, I asked them about the class and they said, well, I know this, but man, I needed to hear it again. Because faith doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing. You know, when Mary Fran said she listened to the, the, the CD of Brother Hagen, it wasn't that she hadn't heard it. But she needed to hear it and then hear it and hear it because she needed to get her eyes off of, I'm in a room with COVID and get her eyes on Jesus. And sometimes we need help. So last night, the ones of you in Bible school, we played Norville. Did that come okay? Okay. Y'all know, sometimes I go home and, and I turn on Brother Hagen or Norville. I need someone to preach me happy. Amen. I mean, I'm giving out and giving out and giving out and giving out. And sometimes I might, my tank, I can look up and go, like a cell phone, my battery is red. Amen. And I'm like, okay, I need, some, I need a dose of dad and Norville right now. And I need to shout around my room and holler a little bit. And it isn't that I have, don't know what they're saying. I've heard it a hundred times. I just need somebody who's full of faith to pump me full of faith. Now, God might be an ever-ready battery that never needs charging, but I'm not. Okay, I, I got to plug in and get charged up. So, Matthew 14. So, I know you know this story, but anyway, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray because sometimes if you want to get anything done in prayer, you got to get everybody out of the house. I got news for you. See, I can't come down here sometimes church to pray. It's too noisy. I got to have wait till Lisa leaves, everybody leaves, the house is quiet, and then me and God can have it because I don't want any distractions. Turn the phone off. I don't hear it beep. Now, when evening come, he was alone there, and the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now, let's stop for a minute. We read the Bible all the time, but that really wasn't real normal for them. I mean, it isn't like they had ever seen anybody ever do that. I don't know if Jesus had ever done it. So this is a freaky night. And see, we, make a, we, have a, we read our Bible and we read it and we read it and we read it. And it's almost like that's normal. No, it, somebody walking up to you out there on the water is not normal. At night in a white robe. Blowing in the wind. They're freaking out. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Ah, it's a ghost. Now, you know, put yourself in their position for just a minute. You have never seen the movie Jesus of Nazareth. They hadn't. They had no New Testament. They have no 
they, this has never happened, and they're out there rowing and rowing, and here comes this dude. That's got to be a dead guy. Because normal living people don't stroll across the sea at night. Got to be a dead guy. And I mean, they're losing it. Now, let me stop for a minute. There's a lot of things you're going to see in the kingdom you ain't never seen before. And if it's not normal, we're, we're not accustomed to anyone acting not normal. Mm-hmm. So it, it freaked them out. I mean, they're not like, eh. They were like losing it in the boat. And this guy's walking up and they're like, oh. All right, now let's look at this. And immediately, it's, and they were cried out for fear. That's an understatement. And immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, be of good what? Cheer. Cheer. It's, it's I don't be afraid. Now, now, let's go spiritual on us right now. You know, there's a lot of things that scare us. Yeah. And, and, the, and he's always going to look at you and go, when I'm here, cheer up. No matter how crazy it looks to you, mm-hmm. cheer up. Uh-huh. Now, they're looking at... A ghost who says, don't be afraid. (laughs) And Peter answered him, because by now they're going, oh God, it's the Lord. (laughs) Now, I don't know how long it took them to figure this out. We've got this idea, this is like two minutes. It it, it probably is not. This, This is probably they're watching, they're watching, they're watching. Is that a person? What is that? It's a, oh God, it's a ghost. So this is happening over a period of time. And finally, when he says something to them, they couldn't see his face. So he's probably not close to the boat, probably like from here to the back door back there and still said, hey guys, it's me. And they're like, it's, it's Jesus. And now they're, they're processing that. It's Jesus. So Peter gets the bright idea. If it's you, command me to come on the water. Well, what else is he going to say? <laughs> it's him. So Jesus goes, come. Peter it jumps right out of the boat and walks to him. Now, I read the book um, of the children in uh, Indonesia. And people who have walked on water, and they've all said there was, it appeared to us, well, let me tell you the story. There's a story in Indonesia where the Lord told a group of people to go preach the gospel in a certain village. And when they got to the river, it was swollen, probably 15 feet deep. And the Holy Ghost said, just go across. And they went, really? Really? I mean, this, is, this, this river's raging. I mean, if you step in and they're wrong, you're gone. It's not that you get wet, you die. And so finally one of them went, well, the Holy Ghost is saying go. So one of them stepped out in the river. And he came up to about halfway to his knees. And he went, oh, it's not that deep. The river's only like a foot deep. 
And they all went, no, we know this. They go, no, no. And he's stomping. And he's on solid ground about that deep. And they all, and when the next one steps out. And finally, the whole group of them stepped into the river. And they walked across it. Well, the villagers saw it and they went, did y'all see what they just did? We'll try it. And one stepped and went out of sight and went down the river. And then all the guys that just walked across it looked at each other and went, what did we just do? So they all said in the book that it felt solid under them. So this is probably feeling solid to Peter. I'm saying that for a reason because you're thinking he's walking around on top of the H2O. He's probably about six inches in the water and he steps out and there's it's solid, it's solid, it's solid, it's solid, it's solid. All right, now, well, now the whole point of my message is you've got to look at this right here because he put this in the Bible for you and I to read it and he wanted me to preach it tonight. That's why he, pre- that's why he put it in the Bible. <laughs> Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water to go to Jesus. He did it. And when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. Now, listen, listen, I want you to go home tonight, step in your pool, and begin to sink. I have never begun to sink. I've done it, and you're like, down, you're gone. But apparently what happened to him is that he had gotten up to his knees or maybe his waist, but he's still standing on something. He's not underwater. He's not up to his neck swimming. There's no indication that he went under. It says he began to sink, which means he's, he's feeling it, and he turns to Jesus and said, save me. And Jesus reaches over, and what do you think happened to Peter when Jesus got him by the hand. Peter's probably making eye contact with Jesus, which means that's how he got back to the boat. He walked back. Probably came back up and walked back. Now, what I want to read to you next is I've, I've, I've read this for years, and I think that I've been reading it wrong. I've always read it that Jesus got on to him. But did he? I don't think he did. I think he asked him a question, trying to get him to process what happened to you. I don't think he's rebuking. I don't think he's chewing him. I want to read it to you. Listen. He saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid, began to sink, cried out and said, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? Now, let's, let's process the, the question. You were doing good. What do you think happened? In other words, he's not chewing him. He's trying to get him to process, Peter, what do you think just happened to you? And he probably responded, I don't know. He said, well, think about it. I want you, I mean, they're, 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 I'm, I'm adding to the Bible, so don't, don't stone me. I think there's more to the story than, hey, you didn't do good. Get in the boat. Let's go. Not sure that's what happened. I think they're still out there about as far as the door. I think he's still coming in. And he goes, 
why do you think you doubted? And he goes, well, I don't know. He said, well, think about it. Well, I saw the wind. Yeah, that's right. What's that have to do with you walking on water? Nothing. Well, you're standing here next to me now. Why? Well, I'm looking at you. Ditto, right. Now, come on, let's get in the boat. I think, I think that he's trying to show Peter, when I say something to you, pay attention to what I said and forget everything around you. Do y'all get that? Because I think that in order for us to learn to walk by faith, do you understand we believe in a God we've never seen? Do you know we believe in a new birth we've never seen? Do you know we believe in a new creation we've never seen? Do you know we believe in a Holy Ghost inside of us we've never seen? Do you understand that we are all in this room walking by faith and believing something that nobody, and when you, you know, people always time going, well, I need to prove there's a God, and we go, well, uh, he's kind of like out there and he kind of like talks to me and kind of like uh, we just know and like, uh, like outside of the Bible, there isn't a drop of evidence you're right. So Jesus is training Peter to carry the gospel to the world. And if he's going to say something to you, you and I must learn to that word from God is law. I don't care what's happening around you or to you. You've got to learn that if he said it, it's true. And it might be, it might be windy, which is a fact, but come is true. Does that make sense? So everything that all the circumstances Satan has sent in your way is to get you to get your eyes off of what Jesus said to you, which is why sometimes y'all have bad days. It didn't, oh, I just wish everybody would shut up and leave me alone. Not in America. When did you ever get everybody lined up and doing right? I've never. When have you ever gotten all the circumstances aligned? I've never. Does this make sense? So why is it I'm up one day and down another? Why am I up one? Circumstances? No. It's because I'm paying attention. One day, God said this, and I'm so, oh, he loves me, he cares about me. I'm full glory to God. The next day, I'm going, he doesn't give a rip about me. I mean, he just left me alone. I mean, all. It's me. Oh, I want the circumstance to change. When the checkbook's down, oh, God, help me, Jenny. Well, what happened to the scripture over there that says, my God will meet all of my needs? It didn't change a bit. That's come. That's a lie. Well, it's a fact. But this is truth. See, he's, in, he's, out, he's on water. He, that's a fact. It's windy. That's a fact. He didn't, he didn't say that it wasn't windy. And he didn't say... This is normal. Everybody does this, Peter. What's wrong with you? Do y'all understand walking, what walking by faith? So God is training you and I to walk by faith and not by sight. And it's not easy to do. I've had, I've had my failures. So don't, I'm not, I'm not getting on to you. So don't walk out here and go, well, I felt terrible in church now. I mean, I made me feel bad in my bad day. We've all had days. 
Oh, I've cried myself to sleep before and woke up and everything was worse. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> and through it all, he lifts. You know, there's, I've had prayers where I went, help! And he helped me. But then he came along and went, what did I say? I forgot. And sometimes he'll say something to you by Monday and by Wednesday you've totally forgot the scripture he just gave you. Don't shout me down. We're in a time right now where you're going to need to hear from God and hold on. Hold on to what he said. Hold on to what he said to you. Because if circumstances are blowing you away, you're in trouble. And when they got in the boat, the wind stopped. What's with that? Because he's the master of the wind. That's right. The wind was not their problem. If, you, if you've got the word of God, wind or no wind, are you all out there? I've always been amazed by how Jesus spoke to the storm, but Paul didn't. Or if he did, it didn't work. See, we, we need to get to learn a little bit more of a rhema. We think that because we found something in the Bible, it, that's, that's the way God fixes this every time. It's not. It's not right. You know, you may pray, and, but you don't really know how that answer's coming. It may not come the way you thought it was coming. You got all these plans and they don't work out, and you're like, where are you, God? He's like, oh, I'm here, but I'm, I'm God and you're not. All right. I'm looking at my notes, see if I, okay. Okay. Mark 4. Somebody say amen so I, I feel, I want to feel you. I want to feel like y'all listening. I want to feel. Mark 4, 15. Now pay attention to this because I'm going to read just one scripture to you and, and I want to bring it out. I want, you to, I want you to pay attention to this. And these are the ones in the wayside where the word is sown and when they hear Satan comes when? Six of you. Say it. Somebody else say it. What? Um, how long? All right. Listen. Listen. You must learn this. God says something to you. The next voice you're going to hear is go, that ain't right. Y'all need to know that. Don't walk around this planet acting like if you got a word from God, there will never be any opposition. That you got a you got a an opponent, and it told you he'll be you. Oh God, thank you. I mean, by the time you get out of the bedroom, you're already the devil's already going. Well, that's not really true. Do you remember? And now you're starting to deal with doubt. Almost you're thinking, well, I thought I just heard from God. But what you're doing is you're turning from what he said and Satan goes, hey, pay attention right here. And you're going, what? And you're, and you're looking at something different than what he just said. 
And now that's just got your attention. And now you're walking around thinking about the bad thing that just happened or the thing you just heard from the devil. And, you, and it hadn't been five minutes that the Lord spoke to you and now you're over here on another van. You're talking about the problem again. Say amen or oh me. You know, I'm, I'm one of these people that I can get excited when God talks to me. And the next day, Lisa will look at me and go, didn't you just preach on that? <laughs> yes. Well, practice what you preach. Mark Hankins made a statement. He says, Norman Vincent Peale was the most negative person. Isn't that funny? You know why he wrote the book, Power of Positive Thinking? Because he was a psychopath. He did it to help himself. And he was constantly having to read his own book. Oh, y'all didn't get a thing I said. <laughs> oh, boy. There's nothing wrong with you because you have doubts. There is nothing wrong with you. Because all of a sudden, your, your mind is confused. There's nothing wrong with you. You just got to learn to go, I'm casting. I'm, no, I'm not. No, in Jesus' name. Now, listen to these words right here and never forget them. Feelings follow faith. Don't ever forget it. Now, I'm going to prove it to you. Just li listen to what I say. I'm going to do husband and wife. When Lisa does something I don't like, and I start thinking about how bad she just treated me, mm. I fall out of love. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll come over here. Then. I'm going to come over here and talk to somebody who knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> And I start singing, the feeling's gone. And then she'll do something nice. And I'll start thinking about that and I fall in love again. Now, wait a minute. Do I have to, does she have to pump? Does she have to keep doing nice to keep me happy? No. Well, I need to learn that when she does something not so nice, I think, to count the good things she does, which are 10 to 1 or 100 to 1 of the one dumb thing I just saw her do. And immediately upon thinking of all the good, all my feelings follow my thoughts. It's not Lisa's fault. I'm mad. You, you're gone. The Lord said to me one day, Lisa can't make you mad. You got mad all by yourself. Now, if you've been married any length of time, that person you're married to has at least one or two imperfections. Don't make a major out of them. And I'm going to tell you something. The more you sit back and think about it, I have a wonderful wife. She's a good mama to the boys. 
She's a good wife to me. She's a Holy Ghost woman. I mean, if I just talk to myself like that 10 minutes, I want to take her out to Bonefish Grill. <laughs> take her out to dinner, winer and diner. What a wonderful woman she is. But it's what am I, I'm, what is, listen, it's what I'm looking at, not what y'all are getting this. Now, that's why we have worship services so you can get your eyes on Jesus and remember how bad you were when you got saved and how he graciously got you out of the ditch and saved your wretched hide from hell and set you on a solid rock. And, you know, when you sit back and think about how good God is, I mean, you'll get happy. I don't care where you are. More the devil's a bad devil, isn't he? And I, I've had him pick on me before, once or twice a day. Go, go, go with me to Genesis 15. Let's do this again. This is more than one place in the Bible. You know, Mary Fran started this off when she said, Jesus says, eyes on me. Amen. Amen. All right. Right now, I know, I know what's on Facebook. I know what's been kicked off. I know what's happening in Washington. Bless their darling hearts and their ignorant heads. You know I want to go to Washington and slap somebody myself. <laughs> I asked somebody this week, look at me and go, you almost slapped me, didn't you? And I said, yeah. But I refrained. I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. And be nice. <laughs> May, are y'all too really religious for me? Because I'm starting to feel terrible right now. Like I'm among the holiest people in God's green earth. Genesis 15.1. Let's go back and look at God and Abraham. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. The word of the Lord came to him. Do not be afraid. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. What a statement. Now look at what Abraham says. Abraham said, Lord God, what do you give me seeing? Seeing what? I go childless. What did he just say? I'm your exceeding great reward. Yeah, but I see no children. One more time, Abe. I made the earth, the moon, the stars. I know you did, but I ain't got no kids. Why is he talking like that? Because that's what he's looking at. God's talking to him. He's not even paying any attention to what he just said to him. All right, I know Donald Trump's not all y'all's cup of tea, but if he sits down at lunch with me and says, I'm your exceeding great reward, I'm going to have a fit right there at the restaurant. I'm not going to go, oh, I don't, you know, I just need to talk to you about the fact that my truck's not paid off yet. I didn't hear a thing he just said. Numb nut, your truck's paid off. Yeah. All right, never mind. That's right. 
seen, I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, look. <laughs> He's talking to God. Yeah. Hey, God, look. You've given me no offspring. Indeed, one in my house is my heir. And the word of the Lord came and said, oh, that's not going to be your heir. The one that's your heir is going to come out of your body. Now, you understand he's impotent. Mm -hmm. He ain't got no mojo. Mojo is gone. And they hadn't made Viagra yet. That's too much for y'all. I told you Wednesday night won't be like Sunday morning. He's an old man. Well, the one's going to come out of your own body. And so God goes, Abe, come here. Now, how many of y'all have ever lived in a state where you could see stars? You ever lived in one? Lisa and I were driving through New Mexico one time, and uh, there was no moon, and there wasn't a city within 100 or 200 miles. And we got out of the, the, the car one night and looked up. If you've never seen it, what stars really look like. I mean, it's like diamonds on velvet. There is millions of them. And it is beautiful. You get in the city, you're like, I see Jupiter. I see. There's a star over there. Oh, that's an airplane. <laughs> the other day, Lisa and I went out. And we were looking for that star. And we kept going, it's moving. And I went, I think it's a 747, baby. <laughs> now, what's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? Come with me, and I want you to go outside your tent, and I want you to count stars. Can you see stars? Yes. Count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One billion, one hundred eighty-five, one billion, one hundred eighty-six. And he's all of a sudden, look, he's not looking at, I have no kids. And now the stars, he said, that's your children. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, my God, I got a lot. <laughs> he got his eyes off his problem that's right. and on to what he said. Yes. And it says that Abraham believed what God said God. and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Amen. God has got to get him off of the problem Onto the word. Are y'all here? Yes. This is going to be a challenge for you all of your Christian life. We call it walking by faith and not by sight. And you have to school yourself this way. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you another story. Are y'all ready? In 1986, or 89, I got my private pilot's license, single engine landed, Orlando country, went over to Bosch Log and flew for the first time. And wasn't long after that, I flew Lisa and the kids up to Athens, Georgia, and we got stuck up there because of the clouds. I'm, you're not allowed to fly in clouds. Now, why is that? Because when an airplane, your feelings are suspended. Your feelings are, they will lie to you. Now, 
when you first get an airplane, you go to your instructor and go, that's a bunch of bull. I know I can feel when I'm going down and going up and whether I'm upside down or not. And so you look at your instructor and go, that's baloney. In order to keep you from killing yourself, they take you out at night and give you vertigo on purpose. They take you and they cover your eyes up and they turn the plane left, they turn it right, they climb, they fall, you're in there, your, your feelings are all screwed up. And then with, with, with your eyes covered, he's in a hard right bank. The airplane's sitting in the air just like that. In order to keep it from flipping, the yoke has to come hard left to keep it from rolling over. And he, you got your hand on the yoke and it's like this. And he says, all right, now fix the airplane. And you're here and you go, whoa, and you roll it upside down. And he goes, you're dead. And it scares you out of your mind. You just killed yourself. Because you can put on foggles and, you, and he'll go, are you climbing? You go, yes. And he goes, you know you're not. You're straight and level. And then he comes along. I mean, he's got your eyes covered. And you start hearing noises like the engine gets louder and you're going, are we descending? Oh, yeah. He goes, no, we're not. We're climbing. And by the time he gets finished with you, he's got you believing. You, you, you do, don't go by your feelings because your, your life in the clouds is about three minutes and you will die. You will not make it. Then you get tired of flying someplace and staying for a day. And you go, I'm going to get my instrument ready. So you go down and they put you in a, a machine called Frasia. It's an airplane. It's a box. It's in a building. You're not even in an airplane. And I mean, they take you through flying with, without your feelings by nothing more than the instruments. There's a, I'm going to give you some stuff here. So you've got an HSI, you've got a VOR, you've got an NDB, you've got a, an altitude indicator, you've got an airspeed indicator, and you've got all these instruments that tell you what you're doing and where you are and how you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, for the first 60 days, everything in you fights to go by the way you feel. Mm -hmm. It is, when you first begin, it's very, very difficult to believe that instrument is right. And so when you're flying along at, at 10,000 feet and you're, you're doing 180 and, and you're doing 150 knots and you, you've got to look down and go, that thing's right. Mm -hmm. Then there's a little dial over there called a VOR that has a highway on it. Mm -hmm. And that needle shows you whether you're left of the highway or right of the highway because there's highways up there. Going out of here is a highway called Victor 159, goes right over Orlando Country to Leesburg, and goes up to Cross City, and then turn around and heads up to Valdosta. And you'll see airplanes on it all the time. Woo, woo, they come in and out of Orlando. So they're flying by instruments. Now, now I'm going to give you a scenario. You get in an airplane to Orlando Country, you fly up, and boom, you're in the soup. You see nothing. And you get on the... On the, on the, uh, you pick up a radio and you go, um, 
Uh, Orlando Air Traffic Control, this is one, two, three, four, x-ray, we're inbound landing Orlando in, in Executive Airport. And he goes, contact ATIS, and so you do, and you get the, we're, we're landing ILS one ray seven. And you're flying along at about 150 degrees on, on a compass or a DG, and he says, turn 180 and level off at 2,000 feet. Well, you're, you're, at, you're at three or four, so you're, you're pushing the yoke down, you're looking at a bar, you turn the airplane, you know that it's a two-minute turn, so you're going to use your watch and, and the airplane. And when you turn it, sometimes you slip, and you don't, know, you don't know whether you're slipping or sliding or what you're doing. But you're watching everything. You turn and you level the airplane off, and you go down to 2,000, and, and then you pull, get, put the power back in it, and you're flying along. He says, now, now pick up IL, ILS-7 and uh, report the outer marker. So you pick up the ILS-7, you're, 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 you're flying in there, and all of a sudden you see needles coming in. There's a needle doing this and a needle doing this. If it's here, you're, you're low. If it's here, you're, you're high. If it's here, you're left. If it's here, you're right. And so you're, you're flying at 070, and the, and, and the runway is to your left. So you got to fly 060. You can't see anything. So you pull the power back to 2,000 RPMs, you drop your gear, you push it down about one notch below the horizon, you get your airspeed set up, and you start slipping down to the airport that you have no idea where. You, you know, there's a highway over there. Don't land on it. <laughs> Are y'all out there? And the first time you do it, let me, let me tell you something. You're, you're on, you better get deodorant. You, your underarms are, have a faucet running out of them, and you're up there. Uh, scare the mud out of you. And all of a sudden, you, you know, you're, you're coming down, and you're getting closer to the earth and closer to the earth, and you see that all of a sudden you're off the glide path, and you've got to add power, and now you get to pick up your power a little bit, and you're to the left, and you turn a little bit. You've got a wind that came up, and now you're moving the airplane around. You're looking at six different instruments, and, and all of a sudden you're at 200 feet, and bang, there's an airport. Now you can go visual and go, oh, Orlando, I have the airport. Hallelujah, I'm landing. <laughs> and you go, ert, ert, and the, the instructor goes, Fire it up. Let's go back up in soup. And you're like, yeah, that's what I'm training for. So at, now here, he, now I'm, I'm saying all that to you for this. You do, that, you do that six months, eight months. That is so natural after a while that it's easier than seeing. But because you trained yourself. Am I making sense to y'all? Because now this is a new world for me that used to be, this is scary, but it isn't. And I've taken off of, of executive and flown up and he said, go runway heading. And I'm, I'm firewalling and I'm climbing up to a thousand feet and turn 360 climbed up there and, you know, and, and just bring my gear up. And I'm looking and this is, this is natural. And I picked up Victor 159, climb out to 7,000 feet and headed straight to, to Georgia. And I, and I mean, it's black. It's black outside. I can't see 441. I don't see I4. I don't see anything. But I know where I am. I can tell by my instruments exactly where I am. I said all of that because God is trying to get you. Where are you? 
Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out, and Abraham's blessings are mine. Yeah, but what about that, 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 that you know, pain you had? Well, he says, if I ask anything according to his will, he heard me. Well, how do you know he heard you? Well, it says he heard me. Well, how do you know that? Well, it says right there, he heard me. And I know I have, so are you going to get it? No, I'm not going to get it or have it. Well, how do you know? Well, how do you know? How do you know? I mean, you know, you, you, you know, you got mad last week. Well, I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And first John one nine says, if I ask you, thank you for giving me. Are y'all getting this? And, and I mean, after you do this a while, what's happening around you don't mean nothing. You're like, are you having a bad day? No. Oh, my God. You have no idea how good life is right now. Do you have you? Man, I'm telling you what, right now, have you heard about Trump? No, have you heard about this? Does that make sense to y'all? And now what he's doing is he's, see, he's doing that to Peter. He's going, Peter, I, I got to send you back out there and you're going out in a really bad world and you're going to have to learn when I say come, it means come. And when I say go, it means go. And so later, after a while, Peter's in a jail and they went, we're going to kill you. And he went, good night. <laughs> And he's asleep. And the angel comes in and goes, Peter, get up. I'm asleep. I, I, I know. And he kicks him a couple of times and he goes, what, what is it? You're being delivered. Yeah, I kind of thought you were going to come get me. Let's go. <laughs> Why does he know that? Because Jesus told him how he was going to die. Come on, y'all. I'm preaching real good. You, Okay. You've got to train yourself. Now, quoting the word and looking at the word is not just because you're, I'm doing it once. There are scriptures you're going you're gonna to have to, okay, I am 2 Corinthians 5.17. That's not a scripture. That's me. Does that make sense? Did you get that? See, I am blessed. I, I am righteous. But now what happened is that's what I see. You may not see it, but that's what I see. So I am healed. That's who I am. You say, well, have you ever had sickness attack your body? Yeah. Well, what did you do? I just told it I am healed. Yeah, but it said you're sick. I, I, I know what you said, and I know how I feel, and I felt the wind, but he said you're healed, so I guess I am. You're all getting this. See, I'm not going to get out of faith and start sinking. I don't, see, I'm not, a, I don't want a little flu. Well, it's not a bad, it's just a little bit of flu. I don't want any flu. Uh, all right, all right. Is this good? No, this is not real deep either. When I'm laying in the hospital and they came in there and they said, you're completely full of gangrene. I went, I need my instruments. <laughs> and I looked at the instrument and it says, 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not his benefits. He has forgiven me every iniquity. He has healed every disease. He's redeemed my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things. And so that really I'm not an old man anyway. Amen. Never mind, y'all didn't get that. So that my youth is renewed like an eagle. See, I don't. I go, where's all the old people in here? I don't identify with y'all. Somebody invited me one time to the seniors, and I went, for what? Lisa said, you're one of the boys, and I said, amen. I don't think I have to get old. So that's why I am childish. And it's scriptural to be so. Are y'all out there? Do you go, let me look at another. I want to show you another instrument. Are y'all ready for another instrument on the instrument pal, 2 Corinthians? Um, you know, and see, I do this all the time. When, I'm, when things aren't going right, I pick this up. Thanks be to God who always, always. leads me in triumph in Christ and through me diffuses the fragrance of the knowledge and everywhere I go. This is a good day. This is a good day. Everything I put my hand to prospers. Don't think that I'm always just quoting it. Something about reading it. There's, there's something about going, I need to read that one more time. <laughs> and here's my favorite one. And I know that this one is not your favorite, but it's mine. And I know that you don't need it as much as me, but I read it all the time. Cast all your cares on him. He cares for you. Father, I don't have a care. I don't have a worry. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I, I, I refuse to sit here and act like I'm worried about anything. I ain't worried about anything. I'm having a good day. You got it, and I don't have a care. Thank you. Now, if y'all haven't ever noticed, my Bibles are greasy. My, 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 my oil and my salt is why my Bibles fall apart. Because I'll look up the same scripture every day. Every, I mean, I read it every day. You say, don't you know it? Yeah. But he said, come yesterday, and I need to hear come right now. I need to hear that now. I, I got to hear that right now. Does that make sense? In the time we're living in, can you see? Can you see? How important it is what you're looking at? Yes. Now let's go back to the way I started this message. Don't. We've all, I've had times when I was bothered by what I'm watching. It got to me. I'm looking at the news and going, how much bullets we got? <laughs> I don't think anybody got that. Listen, I, I have days when I'm like, what? They did what? I don't believe they did that. That's going to affect us. No, it's not. And I, I, and I picked the book back up. 
Amen. How many of you understood what I said tonight? I walk by faith and not by sight. Mary Francis said, eyes on me. Eyes on me. And I'm going to tell you what, you're going to fight that faith. You're going to, that's a fight. Have you ever heard this statement? Fight to stay at rest. What an oxymoron that is. I'm not moving, I'm happy, I'm sitting here and I'm fighting to stay seated. Now, this is the way we're going to live between now and Jesus coming back. And if you're in here and you're a younger Christian than I am, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to learn to live this way because you're going to feel at days you're not saved. Brother Hagin made a statement one time, set me free. He said, if I went by the way I feel right now, I'd have you pray for me. And I'm going... Kenneth Hagin? I thought he was always. Why would we think that? Where did we get that idea? I'm going to tell you all something you won't believe. I have more trouble with the devil than you do. You know why? He takes you out, he kills one guy. Takes me out, he kills a city. And I've had him hit my soul. I've woke up at five in the morning in a cold sweat praying in tongues at the hell going on around me and the devil screaming, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your wife. I'm going to kill your kids and I'm going to kill your church. And I grabbed my Bible and I went, Father, what I do? He says, go pray in tongues. And I sit in the living room and just in my bathrobe and just pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues and pick up my Bible and quote it and not believe a thing I said. And I said it again. And I said it till I believed it. Then I went back to bed. Even though the sun was up. I hope y'all will listen to me. We've got a funny idea that there's people on the planet like Kenneth Copeland and they just don't have problems. And I've had people look at me and go, well, you just don't understand. What world do you think I live in? in the same world you do. I got kids. I'm married. I mean, it's not easy. I mean, she's been, I've had to do a lot of praying over Lisa. Why are y'all laughing? <laughs> because you, <laughs> because we both pray over each other. Let me tell you something. You're married, you're, you're, you're going to pray over your home, your family, your kids. I mean, it's just, amen. So make up your mind. Let's do this Say, I walk by faith, not by sight. I look at things I can't see and I refuse to pay attention to the things I do see that don't line up with the Bible. Now after a while, a scripture becomes more real to you. It becomes so real to you. It's more real than anything else don't happen in a week, don't happen in a month all the time. But there are certain scriptures in my Bible, they're just real to me. Now there's, I don't have them all down on further along than I used to be. Amen. Someone says, well, how'd you learn all those scriptures? Fighting the devil. 
<laughs> I only preach to you all the hell I go through. I don't get my sermons from a book. I get it out of my life. So do you think I do this? Why? Because I have problems with stuff happening that want my attention. And I happen to think, I'm better I'm not the only one in that building going through this right now. Am I? No. I'm not. Amen. Father God, thank you for this evening. I thank you that we'll get up tonight and go home and realize that we all have an adversary. We all have a flesh. We all have things that are screaming for us to look at them. And they're not true. They're facts. And then we have what you said to us. And I pray every one of us would focus on who we are in Christ, what belongs to us, and what you said. And settle down and let those words keep our eyes on you and walk through this until you return and we'll walk by faith. And we live, this is the victory that overcomes this world, our faith. And I give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.